0: Hey everyone, welcome back. This is the third episode of our second season. And um, today we have another interview for you guys. Yay.
1: (laughs) So today we are interviewing Ms. Monica and we're gonna be talking about social media influence and you know, a general topic about the influence of technology on teenagers.
0: We hope you enjoyed the interview and let's go. Yeah, good morning Sanaya and the team.
1: Good morning. So. Right, so I think we'll just get started. Um, First, can you perhaps introduce yourself like a short introduction?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Monica and uh, I've been a counselor for last 10 years and I also have um, Actually, I had brand planning experience. Um, uh, And there I learned a lot of psychology and I shifted my career midway. There is a lot of counselors available. And I think uh, getting a trained counselor is one of the most important roles you know, because training is available right now on Zoom and online. Please find a counselor who's done counseling from a reputed institute, is under therapy and you can verify it, that they are under supervision or not. These are the three things. But yeah, about me that uh, I talk to children, I talk to teenagers, I talk to adults, couples, families. And this pandemic has been really hard for all of them. But uh, I think it's hardest for young children, teenagers and very elderly the most. If you have any questions, we can roll from there. I know we have half an hour, so I'll keep it really brief now.
0: All right. So, as you mentioned, the pandemic has really taken a toll on all of us collectively, and you're right, especially me as a teenager, I've had to shift to online school and transition hasn't been easy at certain points. But I think um, a majority of us rely on social media, since it's the only mode of communication now for us to meet our friends or to find out information. So, um, can I ask, what is your broad opinion on social media?
2: My broad opinion about social media, like any other, you know, tool, I think um, if you go four generations, five generations back, they were scared of the radio, thinking that it's going to spoil people's hearing and they won't be able to hear each other or they won't be interested in talking to each other if radio comes. Uh, Television came similar fear that, you know, the eyes will go bad and their minds will go rubbish. It was also called the idiot box. Um, I think all of these are tools, just like a knife is a tool. You can either cut yourself or you can make a lovely dish out of it using a knife. Social media is also a tool. I think it's a great tool to stay connected, but I think it brings a lot of anxiety and a lot of feeling of uh, FOMO to people. Because everybody is representing their best foot forward in these platforms. Which is not really true. You know, that is only a percentage of their life or that is their outward persona. Or that's how they live their life, maybe 5% of the time. 95% is something else, but nobody sees it like that. And especially young influential minds tend to think of that as the whole reality. While it's not.
1: Yeah, I entirely agree with that. So, I think that brings out another topic of peer pressure. Um, do you believe that peer pressure is, you know, propagated by social media? And if so, like, how, like, to what extent is the peer pressure propagated by social
2: media? Well, there are lots of sources of social media uh, peer pressure. Social media is just one of them. But yes, I think uh, nowadays tagging yourself to the institute has become a big part of um, young people's identity. So if they are in an institute, that becomes their identity. If they manage to, you know, crack a Ivy League college, that becomes their identity. Uh, which is okay to network to some extent, but then other people in their class who've probably not made it or they're studying in Bangalore, Delhi, Bombay, they tend to feel a bit inferior just because it's like a tag or a label forever. Though people, earlier it was much easier, you know, people used to ask questions even in in interviews earlier. It was about what's your last job or what's your last qualification, and all that matters. But right now, there's too much history available. There's too much information available. And based on that, too much judgment happens. Uh, you know, people fix you in a box even before they've talked to you, met you, or heard your point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we all have.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Experience with that.
0: Um, so um, actually, Miss Monica, I just wanted to ask you, um, when it comes to social media, uh, a lot of people say that the pros of being on social media is that it's making people more aware. I think one of the biggest things about our generation who we were born into the social media age. So therefore we're more informed about different matters and a bit more vocal. But I think another issue that comes about with social media is the spread of misinformation. And um, when we tie in concepts like social conformity, how can misinformation be extremely deadly? Do you know, maybe you can give an analogy for that or something?
2: Oh, of course, there is a lot of misinformation available on, um, you know, insta or facebook or other social media platforms Um, these two being the biggest um, there are people who are trying to sell skills or they're trying to sell information and and they use the impossible kind of methods which are not even healthy Uh, for example they would there's a lot of body shaming there is a lot of body imaging there's a lot of um, perfect body kind of desire that these social medias kind of push towards everybody and then you have you know three-day diet or you no know, no protein diet or no carb diet and that's led to a lot of issues uh, because in mental health I've seen, people forget that there's a mind-body connect and all the diets are leading to some lack of hormone or a protein, which is leading to anxiety and depression. So it's like a trap. And then they go and look at other people doing great and then they again feel sad and they feel left out. So um, there's a lot of misinformation on how you can achieve your goals uh, because there is no filter. There is no authority. Unlike till the time there was newspapers and there were televisions, there were censorships and there were experts who would talk about stuff. Nowadays, everybody's an expert. So you really don't know who to believe and who not to believe. So yeah, I think there's a lot of discretion required when you consume social media. Uh, and I guess even even the people who are supposed to be celebrities just to endorse a product, they might say stuff, which can actually harm. And I've seen that happening. The diet, which, for example, a very popular Indian cricketer uh, propagates. I I know 10-year-old, 11-year-olds who went on that diet, and there was a particular client, and he got a severe uh, deficiency of Uh, vitamin D and E and calcium to the extent that he had osteoarthritis at the age of 11. Um, So got to be really careful.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I I think I remember that uh, ad with the Indian cricketer. I think the celebrity endorsements and how we rely on our idols as well is like a major issue. Um, specifically like uh, body image issues, you know, Um, like when it comes to how uh, we used to view body image, like I think when I was younger, Barbie was the main ideal about um, what a women's proportion should be like. But even now, um, when we go online, it's more of the models that we see. And I don't think many of us realize that it's altered images. So how crippling can body image uh, um, be? Like how badly can it affect specifically a teenager considering the fact that we're pretty vulnerable?
2: Of course, these, uh, yeah, these artificial benchmarks. And, you know, the thing is, even teenagers who are smart nowadays informed, well aware that these are photoshopped images or these are, you know, not real images or, half of the people who are modeling are anorexic. They're not healthy, um, both mentally and physically. But despite having all that information, the glamour that is spun on these people is so high that I think vulnerable minds really get um, sucked into it. And what happens after that is, uh, there's a lot of behavior shifting they could be depression anorexia uh, body awkwardness social anxiety is very high among teenagers which was not there so much earlier you know they were happy to go out and do stuff but nowadays they really don't want to leave their screen because they have made such a either they've made such a fixed persona of themselves online that they are actually ashamed to be physically present or Whatever they've seen online is uh, such a high standard that they feel they can never meet it. So they don't want to meet people in real life. And having social anxiety is a very um, oxymoronish state for a teenager because this is the age when you learn from your peers. You've done your learning Uh from your parents, really. Um, And if you don't go out, you don't learn from your peers, you don't mingle, you don't have conversations the real growth really you know slows down
1: right yeah and for someone like for a teenager perhaps who's dealing with some body image issues what are methods of like ways of coping that you would suggest
2: The uh, body image is a part of self-esteem. So talking about self-esteem as a larger concept and not focusing so much on body because a large part of body is genetics. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if you help them or you know try to help them go on a diet or whatever it is, even a healthy diet. For some people, it's just a body shape. It's a genetics. You can't do much. I think you have to defocus that area completely and start focusing on areas where they have control. And that's one of the important tools used in counseling is to move from areas where you don't have control and move to areas where you have control. So you can always be more interesting. You can always have more knowledge. You can have, you know, you can try and be more witty. These things are skills which can be practiced which can help you build a social uh, persona, can help you build a self-esteem, a self-image. So we move to areas that can be worked at and look for successes in that area.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that's actually, I don't think I've heard that before about focusing on what you can control about yourself and your personality. Um, on a slightly more different note, I want to talk about the effect of social media on attention span. Because personally, I believe that because I spend so much time on screens or on Instagram or things like that, I feel like my focus is I'm losing out on my focus, even like, for example, I can't really sit through a one and a half hour math class without feeling distracted. And I just wanted to know how big of a role does social media play in affecting a teenager's attention span?
2: Um. See, brain is uh, the most complex, um, the most um, malleable tool we have. And unfortunately, the conditioning that is got through social media is uh, is really fast, and it's really... It's a fast-paced consumption of bite-sized information, which is turning a lot of people into goldfishes. They do not have the attention span, and they cannot hold a conversation. Actually, most of the people, if you notice, they don't even listen to your answer. They're thinking the question even before you've finished your answer. So, And it's a one-way thing. And a lot of people don't know how to respond or continue a conversation because social media doesn't allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. It's a one-way consumption where you really don't have to do anything. Or it is ignoring. So they're getting masters at ignoring each other. You know, ignore the class, ignore whatever teacher is saying, ignore whatever your friends are saying. And you just keep going in your own world deeper and deeper. Attention spans are quite hard to keep right now, but it's not that it's not fixable. Just like I said, brain is a extremely malleable tool. I think uh, detoxing, and uh, I know it sounds very fuddy-duddy, but (laughs) there is no other way than to go into meditation. Focus on breath, close your eyes, and just be with your body, connect with your body is a great way to get your attention span back. Um, being bring your awareness to present, then you can retrain your brain to have a longer attention span, to not get bored, to not get fidgety. A lot of teenagers are fidgety nowadays. I right? they cannot sit through a class till they are you know shaking a leg or tapping a pencil or there has to be something and if you watch the videos I mean I've watched I've been part of some classes it's and they can't make eye contact either because social media doesn't let you and that's the biggest thing Uh, eye contact helps in keeping your attention where do you keep an eye contact in social media
0: yeah that's that's definitely true I think um as social media has progressed, like with TikTok and Instagram Reels, it's only 15 seconds of content. I think I know many people who have like, um, a really, really bad uh, attention span because they can't even sit through a four minute video because they're so used to content that's filtered to fit within 15 seconds. So there's this really funny, um, it's, it's like we're all uh, slowly turning into squirrels. We don't really have the attention span that's required anymore. But um, as you mentioned, a detox is a great idea. But then I want to know how well it can be implemented considering how social media is our life. Um, Especially with the pandemic, it put things into perspective because we depend on our technology so much. We require it for information. And while there are issues like body image and anxiety and depression, how can we create that perfect balance between Um, having a stable, um, you know, healthy mental health or, uh, you know, binging on social media content.
2: See, a family has a large role to play in this. And if everybody in the family eats dinner, at least dinner, because I can understand the daytime, people have different uh, login times or, you know, they have different school times or, study time. Dinner, breakfast, couple of meals have to be completely tech free. They even if families together nowadays either they are staring at a screen or they're looking at individual phones. neither of which is going to help much. There have to be rules and the, the probably you know the pandemic has been a blessing in disguise at least parents are not traveling. Uh, a lot of families are together. But a lot of people are not taking advantage of that. This is the time you practice real conversations. This is the time you practice attention span. This is the time you practice eye contact. Um, And and just having that connection, I think 50% of mental health issues will go away. Because you're seen, you're heard a lot of teenagers who are constantly hooked on to likes. Why are they hooked on to likes? Because they're not seen, they're not heard, they feel invisible. And if on the dinner table they're seen, they're heard, their opinion is validated, then they need not go on, uh, you know, crusades online.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I completely agree. I think uh... Having a stable support system, as you mentioned, because I think, yeah, you're right. Most of the people who go on social media are seeking validation from anonymous strangers. So it definitely makes sense to have a very stable support system offline. So you supported know, when you're going online. It's not like you're going with a very insecure, low
2: self-esteem mindset. Yeah, and pandemic has that silver lining. You know, It's got people in the house. They're available. You know, real people are available for real conversations. I really hope people take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, well, I I know for sure that I'm going to start talking to my mom more. I mean, we interact quite a lot, but I think it's quite important to really like maximize the amount of time we spend with people
2: face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah, This, um, I'm going to say a word, which a lot of teenagers don't like (laughs) and that word is rules, (laughs) but there have to be rules, you know, and those rules create a respect both ways. You know, if there is a rule that there is no phone or gadget while Mm -hmm. having a tea, it is for the benefit of the teenager too. So when the teenager is talking, the father and the mother have to listen. They can't be looking at their phone pretending there's an important work or maybe there's real work also, but at least the child is heard and respected. Right, yeah. It's very disrespectful not to be heard, right? mm
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. so communication should go both ways.
2: It has to be both ways. So the rules are for both and there need to be household rules. And if the house rules are not there, it doesn't matter who sets it. I think teenagers should feel very free to set these rules also, to connect.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It's really important to have like a set of mutually agreed upon rules. Because, you know, I think everyone, if in my family, all of us agree to just have a tech free dinner, You know, it's something that we can abide by and it improves our physical communication much better.
2: Yeah, you could try that. And maybe now stretch it. There are other windows available. There's breakfast available. Workouts. Do workouts together. I think it's a great thing. Everybody wants to work out nowadays. Yeah, you know, it could be a game workout. And there's a lot that can happen without tech. And that needs to be explored. Cook together, that's another mm-hmm. way. Um, just just find real connections and real achievements. So a cook together is a real achievement. You can see the meal, you can feel it. It's tangible. But how much is, how tangible is 20 likes or 100 likes? Yeah, exactly. How tangible? none of your senses get tingled by it
1: no yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. so yeah i think this is something we all should try to implement as best as we can i mean i don't think any of us can really stay off of technology for too long i mean my i mean in our situation everything happens on our laptop all of our classes all of our information or knowledge but i think we should make time for ourselves to you know, feel the real world again.
2: Yeah, and I'll give you one more tool to, you know, implement and it's called the one minute tool. Mm -hmm. It's very simple because the online world is, you know, taking your mind to another space while your body is still on the chair, right? Um, Connecting back the mind body and physical experience with this one minute tool is very, very helpful. It helps in all cases, anxiety, depression, anything. And that simple tool is using the five senses, which means that even when the classes are going on, it doesn't matter, you have your favorite perfume or you know, even a jar of coffee, beans, just kept there. And you just take a few seconds just to connect with that, inhale it, feel the smell inside and go back to your online world. But that, for that few seconds, your mind, body, senses are all together. They're not fragmented, right? It could be, you know, a moisturizer on your table. So just moisturizing your hands. For that few seconds, you're connected with your body, but do it very consciously.
1: Right. I've never actually heard of this technique before.
2: It's a Um, very, very useful technique. Or just, you know, close your eyes and listen to the birds outside. Just for one minute. It's called the one minute technique where all the senses will help you gather your body, mind together. And the fragmentation will be less because a lot of people nowadays feel fragmented, you know. Right. They're not there. They're not mentally there. And that's part of attention span. It's part of issue. It's part of depression, anxiety, all that. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Miss Monica, for the tips and tools. Uh that pretty much covers the agenda that we planned out for today for today. We just wanted to keep this a short interview, but it was done so well. I think I really want to talk to my family so we can (laughs) start uh, implementing all these rules. So
2: yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> exactly. So happy to hear
0: that. Yeah, I will definitely let you know
1: if you know it works, and I'm sure it will.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think um, connecting with reality while seeing online world is the best balance. However, you can do it, but find your way back to reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Would my broad message today. All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Monica, for
0: joining our call. I really enjoyed it. It was a wonderful talk. Thank you, guys.
2: Lovely thank talking you. to
0: you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Wow. I definitely learned something from that interview. Didn't you? Yeah, of course. Her entire concept of a digital detox may be what we need with this COVID-19 pandemic. But anyway, we hope you guys really, really enjoyed the interview. Um, if you guys have any recommendations or maybe want to get in contact with Miss Monica, feel free to message us on Instagram. Our handle is at project underscore TBH.
1: Or you can send us a mail at care.tbh at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for, guys for listening. Bye.